Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! My name is Chase Reeves. I'm in the studio here with Corbett Barr. This is The Fizzle Show, where every week we talk about things that are interesting to indie business builders, entrepreneurs earning a living doing something that they care about. This isn't like raising a bunch of money and having a bunch of old, fat, white dudes on your board. This is, I want to make a living doing something I actually care about. This is, I want to be independent. I want to make life on my own terms. I want to I want to be poor on my own terms a lot of the times. But I want to use the power of the internet to figure out how to connect to an audience that is, uh, that is, that is going to fuel my dreams, my hopes and my dreams. And that I can solve their problem for. Because we can't escape that. you got to do something that's actually going to help people. It's actually going to solve their problem. Anyways, that's what we talk about here on the show. Today is no exception. First of all, if you're a new listener... Hey, what's up? Welcome to your first episode of The Fizzle Show. There are so many in the back catalog. A lot of people can, you know, a lot of people say we were a little more fun back then. We, we used to drink we used to drink Negronis on the show. It was a little bit intense. But you can go back and do that. Listen, if you want the 10 best episodes of the show, go to fizzle.co slash toolkit. Fizzle.co slash toolkit. We put together a little package as a free gift for anyone who is checking out the show for the first time. You'll find some free guides as well as our guide to the 10 best episodes, most essential episodes of this show. Uh, with that said, Corbett Bars in the studio. Corbett, how are you? Fantastic. That's terrific. And on the on the mics today, on the phone, on the horn, all the way up from Kenyatta is Justin Jackson. Justin, can you hear me? Can you feel me near you? Hey, how's it going there, eh? Hey there, bud. How you doing? That'd be amazing. <laughs> Justin comes on and he's just like a lumberjack from the, from way up north. We wanted to get someone who doesn't work for themselves. Or he, here's a here's a different kind of indie business. Roger's been cutting down trees up in Nova Scotia for the last thirty five years. <laughs> Those are the stories we need to hear. Really, we do. We do more more flannel, more flannel. So, Justin, where are you in the world right now? I, I grew up in a city called Edmonton, uh, but now for the last five years, I've been in British Columbia, not in Vancouver, about four hours east of there in what's called the Okanagan Valley. And oh, yeah. uh, we've got a lot of ski oh, resorts yeah. around here. And in the summer, it's quite hot. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. If you like a lot of seasons, if you like all four mm. seasons, it's, it's a good place to be. Mm, I dig that. I dig that. Now, so what I like for this, first thing I learned today, ladies and gentlemen, get your notebooks out. You can be an indie business person in Canada, even. You can, you can do <laughs> yeah, it. You could, I think you could do it from anywhere in this the world. This isn't just an American thing. Maybe no. it's not just American Canada. It, it, it might be beyond North America. That's true. As long as you have a good internet connection or a, a reasonable internet connection. You got it. Justin, if you had to say, like, one, what's one thing looking back that you had to be like, okay, you can't be an indie entrepreneur without fill in the blank? Uh, for me, it would have been a network, I think. A network. Good answer. Yeah. That's an interesting answer, right? Yeah, like... The, Corbett's just staring blank, blankly at me. What do you think? What do you think? Like a network of people? <laughs> yeah. So, the when I moved here, um, Edmonton had, at the time, when I left, kind of had a burgeoning startup scene, like a lot of places, but we had a mm. big anchor tenant uh, in that we had BioWare, the big video game uh, uh, producer. 
there. Mm. And okay. so we had all this stuff going on. And I remember when I moved here, which is a really small town, I was working for a client one time and he said, hey, just point your webcam out the window. And he was in San Francisco, some you know mm. fancy pants in San Francisco. He's like, point your camera out the window. I want to see what your main street looks like. And pointed out the window. He was like, oh, it's a cowboy town. <laughs> it just looks like an old west town, you know, yeah. one, one yeah. horse town. And I thought when I lived, when I moved here, I'm like, man, my biggest disadvantage here is there's going to be no serendipity. Like walking down the street here, I'm not going to, I'm not going to meet anybody at the, at, well, still today, I'm, I was in the software business. I'm not going to meet anybody in the software business that's going to be able to like help me <laughs> in any kind of way. And yeah. so the, the thing I got really focused on um, was building a network outside of, where I lived, dude. Look at this. This is this is interesting. We're we're already into some like some deep yeah. like some deep interesting ideas yeah. right now. Building a network. Yeah. Would you say building a network would be like on the top of your list for for things? I would. I I I, I understand where Justin's coming from. It would be a concern, like moving to a small town, worrying about not having a network. Yeah, there. I believe you. And like what the scene is, and I always, and like how do you meet yeah. people? You know. Yeah, and it's not just meeting people. I mean, sorry, I I don't mean to get really kind of uh, in-depth right away, but I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been doing this series on profitable independent businesses. Mm. And for at each, you know, there's, you hear people's like stories and there's like a bunch of pivot points, you know, Mm. it was like, then this happened and then I was able to kind of get to the next step. And then I plateaued for a while. I thought I was going to plateau forever. And then this happened, and then I got to the next step. Well, the this happened in every single story is they met somebody new. It was always a personal connection that uh, kind of opened up the possibility or opened up the imagination for the next step. It and was so, a, it was you're saying it was a person like like it was ne- it was relationships that lead to next steps, next yeah. ideas, next opportunities. Yeah, like. Um, you know, I met this person. So for like one of the things in my story is Chase inviting me to go to this conference in Vegas with him. That's right. And being on this panel. And I was kind of, that was a key point for me because, uh, I had been working a regular job and was going to conferences for my employer. But I said, if I go to this, I'm not going to ask my my boss to pay for it. I'm going to go to it as a independent free agent Mm. and me. uh, So that invitation and really (laughs) the push of that situation, um, that was a big turning point for me. That was one of the things that opened up the possibility for, you know, maybe I could quit my job and do this. And I Mm. met a bunch of other people at that conference that also, um, opened my mind to the idea that this is possible and it's actually possible anywhere, even in Canada. Mm. <laughs> even in Canada. Everywhere also maybe that in Canada. That should be your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of your book one day. Starting a business is possible everywhere. Also sometimes in Canada. Um, listen, I want to give a little background on Justin Jackson for anybody who's listening and doesn't know, which is probably most people because a lot of us indie entrepreneurs, we're not celebrities. 
We're, I, you know, I, there's this musician called Derek Webb. Um, he was Never heard uh, of someone him. I was I was familiar with back in the day, and he started up a new course just recently. I just saw he's a good musician. His course is uh, middle class musician. Mm. I like it, uh, and I was like, oh, I like mm, that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and when I'm saying indie entrepreneur, it's kind of like I'm saying middle class entrepreneur. Yeah, because Bruce Springsteen already had the working class music. The working thing. class, and come on. <laughs> That's the boss. <laughs> That's the boss. But Ugh. this idea of middle class entrepreneur, a lot of us are out there. You don't know a lot of us. We run simple blogs. We run uh, websites. We have products. We're, yep. we're educators. We're, you know, so Justin Jackson is a great example of that. Someone who does have some like, you know, like, like, like Corbett Barr, like some T-list internet celebrity, like mm, depending T- on what, yeah. what circles X you're in. List. Uh, but like, <laughs> can, I so just in, is, can I just jump in and say, yeah. I think the difference between Corbett and I is to me, Corbett just seems like he's not like pushing for it. He's not actively seeking the internet <laughs> and you celebrity. definitely are and i definitely am like i'm definitely like out like looking for it and corbett's just i just i just picture corbett like drinking on his boat going eh, whatever happens Dude. if i get a few more followers not a big deal meanwhile Seriously, I'm, like, i don't know where he stuff. gets his cool from i don't know where he gets his cool from it's ridiculous from 41 years on this earth from 41 years so but um but justin has been has been working as a, a, a in a lot of different roles doing a lot of growth uh for startups as a consultant he's also written some books like jolt give me the give me the the background yeah. on jolt real quick justin oh wow oh Jolt's got an interesting backstory, but the 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 premise is what are like a bunch of really creative, unusual marketing ideas that you could apply to your business? Yeah, and, and so, then and then now recently it's marketing for developers, right? Yeah, marketing for developers was the original thing that I did that had any sort of traction. I think it sold over five thousand copies now. And okay, it is a book for generally for independent developers that want to launch their own software, software as a service, web apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of startups are buying it too. But before that, like I, I first radar, Justin was first on my radar from yeah. a single blog post. Uh, one, yeah. One yeah. blog post. This thing puts you on the, on the map, Justin. Yeah. yeah tell us, true. tell us about words. Yeah. So, uh, this has probably been right when, right when I moved to where I'm at right now in British Columbia, I've been blogging since probably 2008. And I think if you go, yeah, if you go to my site, justinjackson.ca, and you scroll to the very end, you'll see I was really kind of searching for what I was going to write about. And then uh, one day I had this idea for an essay called This is a Web Page. And it just kind of came flowing out of me. It's one of the few times where um, I think I probably wrote it in 15 minutes. And it's actually not like spectacular writing, but it's just really, it has a bunch of elements in it that I think kind of uh, resonated with people. There's a lot of nostalgia in it. It's just a, uh, a simple web page, Times New Roman, uh, an H1 for the title, paragraph tags for the paragraphs, blue mm-hmm. hyperlinks. Yeah. And it kind of taps into this nostalgia that a lot of us had, um, you know, if you were a teenager in 1993, when Mosaic web browser came out, that's what the web looked like. And uh, it was kind of this honest essay about what I felt was missing from the web, which was a focus on words. Yeah. And 
Um, I, I had been putting a lot of my stuff on Hacker News, but I put this on Hacker News and I took my kids to the park and then I like looked at my phone and there's like, it wasn't just like a few notifications. There's like 300 notifications on my phone, like everything, <laughs> mm. like emails and text messages from people. And, and, uh, yeah, it, it really, um, it got retweeted by a lot of people like Jeffrey Zeldman and it, and, uh, the other thing that happened was a lot of people wanted to translate it into their own language. So there was something about it that kind of transcended culture even. And yeah, down wanted, at the bottom of the page, there's a bunch of translations. Yeah. That, that was That's all crazy. That was all from readers and specifically the one in Japan went like insane. Like it, it, the, the traffic kind of died down. And then three months later, I was getting like hundreds of thousands of views and they were all coming from Japan and it, it had just gotten a bunch of traction there. So yeah, that, mm. that page is still, um, and you, if you go to justinjackson.ca slash words, you can see that. But yeah, that was, um, that's actually, I think Chase, how you found out about me too, was that, that piece. Yeah, I, I believe, I believe so. I mean, I remember seeing Jason Freed and others in my network just, uh, retweeting it or sharing about it. And it was impactful. It was this idea, this simple thing, like this is a website. There's not much here, just words. And this is what websites are. It's the most, most powerful tool on the web is still words, right? right. I love mm-hmm. that. And it was something that I was teaching at the, literally at the time I had just released the course that we have inside of Fizzle on how to create your website. Like what needs to be on your website for non for just for business builders not you're not a designer it's the essentials of design and like sort of what needs to be on your website for business builders and one of the main things i focus on is like do this all in plain text first your words are what matter most Mm -hmm. in that course and then like you came out with this and it was just so much so much better i think i I ended up bringing that that into the course as i was editing it or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I something. So anyways, you you've done a lot of these projects on the web. And and here's here's what we can switch gears and we can start talking about something specific. Listen, Justin's a friend of the show. Justin's a friend of I've shared a, a hotel bedroom with him. Mm-hmm. I don't think we shared the bed. I think I think we had two different beds, but we don't need to get into the details here. He's my <laughs> best boy, my gaffer, uh, for a weekend at, at NMX, I think it was. It was Blog World or something like that a long time ago. Yeah. And uh and Justin just recently finished a bout of about a bout of of going toe to toe trying to create one hundred projects in a year. Now were these products, Justin, or are they just projects? They were, the idea was, so here's the backstory on this. Yeah, I think there's, I think you have some explaining to do. Yeah, so it's January 1st, 2016. And uh, I had kind of stair-stepped my way up to a point where I was no longer working that day job. I was consulting for uh, startups in San Francisco and Portland. And I was... Uh, you know, doing that. And on the side, I'd written marketing for developers and it had done maybe like 66,000 in revenue that year while I was consulting 2015. And so I was like, you know what, this might be the time for me to make the jump from consulting to just an independent living with products. And so I was thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? Like, I could 
double down on marketing for developers. And, or I could, and I had a lot of kind of pent up creative energy. I'd been like waiting for this moment for a long time where I'd be unencumbered by the shackles of clients and a boss and I would just be able to be free. Mm. And so I had a lot of romance about this idea of being free. And I came up with this idea of making a hundred things in a year. And my thought was, okay, this will get a bunch of attention, which is one thing I wanted. The other thing I wanted was, you know, I'll be able to create a bunch of things, some for fun, but some might actually end up becoming good businesses. And I just, I just thought it would be a good idea. It would, uh, for my first independent year, you know, I'd proven that I could make money independently. Now I was going to launch my kind of independent product career or whatever. And so, yeah, I made this list. Uh, if you go to megamaker.co slash list, you can see the whole thing of a hundred ideas that I was going to do in 2016. Yeah. Okay. So this, this launched at the beginning of 2016. Is that right? Yeah. I, I, ve- I, I remember when this came out, I don't remember the time exactly, but I remember some of the things you were doing early on. And I, I seem to recall you were like, was there like a sponsorship for each one or something? I, I seem to remember like kicking in 20 bucks to sponsor you yeah, making a burrito yeah, or something. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I, I was trying a bunch of things and in retrospect, it's so interesting to look at it because there was kind of two camps of advice in my life at the time. On one side, there was this guy named Michael Buckby, and I was in a Slack group with him, and he's like, Justin, what you're planning on doing is a huge distraction from what you should be doing. You've had traction with one thing. It's called marketing for developers. People are coming to you for product and marketing advice. All of your career so far has been helping software companies do product and marketing. Like You should just focus, double down. On marketing for developers. On the other side was Jason Zook. And he was saying, Justin, the, the time in your life where you were getting the most done was when you, when you were launching a lot of projects. And so you should double down on that. And I had this, there's kind of this fork in the road. And I was like, ah, oh, I should take Jason's advice and do a hundred projects. And so yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out how am I going to make this work? And some of this was just silly stuff I wanted to do. Like I had this idea of I wanted to create a menu item from scratch and then see if I could break. There's this restaurant right by my office called Station Barbecue. And mm-hmm. I wanted to break their lunch record, like sell the most lunch specials that they'd ever done. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, how am I... You know, there's people in my life going, well, how are you going to make money doing that? Like, this is <laughs> right. Just, what the hell is this? And um, I was like, oh, maybe sponsorship. So, you know, I, I tried this sponsorship model. Uh, I had a, and it, you know, it actually worked. I think I ended up making for this one episode of the podcast and this one project, I think $3,000 in sponsorships that month came in for this wow. burrito project. Which is okay, but you know, I spent my whole month doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, as we like, we'll go through this more and more. But I think you'll see there's there's kind of two things happening. On one side, 
I was, you know, exploring a lot of kind of creativity that I'd kept pent up. And, um, you know, there's a lot of that year that was really healthy. So that's kind of like the Jason Zook side saying, you know, do this. This is good for you. You, you're, you kind of come fully alive when yeah. you're w- working on all this stuff. For people who don't know, just just briefly tell who Jason Zook is. Jason Zook, so it, it will, like, once you hear his background, you'll be like, okay, I can see why he gave you that advice. He, <laughs> he's most famous for IWearYourShirt.com, um, and where he, was, he would get sponsorships for wearing uh, different startups' shirts. So they would sponsor him to wear their shirt for, like, a week or something, or a day, and he would do live video and he would do all this stuff. And he had a kind of a business going with that for a while. Then he transitioned into other crazy ideas like he sold his last name. So you could, he was Jason's surfer app for uh, a right. year. Yeah. Um, then That's he, right. He, Surf rap. I always thought, I was like, who's Jason's surf rap? <laughs> yeah. It's a person. And he was just like trying all That's this, funny. all this stuff, and he just kept kind of going from idea to idea. And to this day, I mean, he has probably ten projects going. He has Spruce Metrics. He has uh, By My Future. Like he's just always kind of doing so he, ideas. He, it's safe to say he he was an influence on this idea to do a hundred to- totally 100 projects yeah. in one year. Yeah, yeah. And on the other hand, it, it's so funny to to think about the advice you get because I think there's a lesson in here somewhere, mm. uh, which is on the other hand we have Michael Buckby who had created um, a add on in the Heroku uh, store. So Heroku is a, a hosting platform for web apps, and he'd created a easy way for you to install SSL certificates on your web application, and he was just like focused on one thing. And so, you know, people typically give you the advice of how, you know, what worked for them. And in both cases, both these guys were saying, well, you know, you should do what worked for me. And um, which is fine. I think, you know, you're going to get advice and that's the kind of advice people give. But I was definitely more influenced by Jason, partly because it sounded fun, you know, fun, right? Yeah, because you're thinking about doing a different thing every other day. Yeah, and, and there's all sorts of reasons people start businesses and uh, you know kind of launch into this thing, but romance has so much to do with you know romance is often and what, by romance I mean like this fantasy of living this independent lifestyle, and you can mm-hmm. kind of dream this thing of oh wouldn't that be amazing if I could just wake up every day and work on a new project, you know? Oh, I love this. I love this. Hold that thought right there. I want to talk more about this romance thing. Let's do a quick ad read from FreshBooks because <laughs> okay. romance is good. And you see how I got the listener just like, yeah, you let's talk about romance. Let's talk about romance. Hey, and I'm girl. like, hey, speaking of romance, have you heard of FreshBooks? Damn. FreshBooks <laughs> is, is small business accounting software that you use on the internet. So you don't have to do the QuickBooks. You don't have to do all that other crap. You don't have to work with a bunch of different people. It's one centralized place for you to do what you need to to get your business's oxygen flowing i was thinking about this the other day money is oxygen to your business it's water it's oxygen it's the the essential and then value is the heartbeat oh 
unbelievable. Wow. That pause brought to you by FreshBooks as well. Uh, FreshBooks, small business accounting software. If you haven't seen them in a while, you should check them out because they've been redesigned from the ground up to help you create professional looking invoices. It takes about 30 seconds to create and send in invoices and your clients can pay you online, which will likely improve how quickly you get paid. Our thanks to FreshBooks. If you want to check them out, head to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section. Our thanks to FreshBooks for supporting fizzle in independent business. All right, romance. Mm. I want romance. Yes. Bromance yeah. or romance. I'm just like as Justin's starting to talk about this, I'm just thinking back to those years in my entrepreneurial journey and just kind of wishing I could go back there. Yeah. You know, what, that was what, what makes you want to go back to there? What, what just things? that feeling that you can't, you know, after you've been at this for a long time and maybe it's just because you're working on the same project and maybe mm-hmm. if we started from scratch, it would be a little different, but just that feeling of possibility and like what your life could be like, what your relationship to your work could be like. I live that every day. I feel like just, I'm still living. You it. just live in possibility. I think I'm. I think I'm still going. Like what? Because because uh, I don't feel like I've got the like the work is done. Mm-hmm. You know that that I that, don't feel like the work is done. But there's you don't remember like before you were working for yourself. That, well, or at, or when you were transitioning, just yeah. that that incredible that it's it's kind of like when you were like dating your wife or something. Yeah, you know, it's like the just all of the emotional high that you're on for yeah. a while yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah no yeah. absolutely the possibility the potentiality the yeah. um the you could go all these different directions and maybe one of them might work mm-hmm. right yeah. but and at the same time go for it go well and i think one thing people forget is like i was driving an hour into work every day and an hour back every day and during those commutes, I started listening to people like Jason Freed and Rob Walling and all these people that had started their own company. And you you start to fantasize when you're in the car at a stuck in traffic, you start to fantasize about that life. In in the same way that, you know, you go to France and you're touring around with your significant other and you're sitting in a little cafe and you're drinking your little cappuccino and you look over at each other and you go, we should start a cafe like this. You know, <laughs> you, 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 like you have that idea of this. Mm-hmm. Isn't this amazing? Now, what I didn't know when I was in my car and what you don't know when you're sitting in the cafe is that it's not it's never it's never exactly like that. You know, like if you have a cafe there's a lot of BS you have to put up with. It's not yeah. that romantic dream you have in your head. But when you've had hours and hours of and days and years to kind of fantasize about what would it be like if I could have an independent business? And, you know, in my case, it was what would it be like if I could just wake up every single day and make something new and get paid for it? Mm-hmm. And some of this was also kind of informed by uh, Chase got me into this XOXO conference. And that conference kind of like, I don't know, it kind of blew up my brain a little bit because there's all these artsy people that were also into technology. And I was just like, man, what would it be like if I could be like one of them? Yeah. But again, it's all fantasy until you try it. 
So the good mm-hmm. thing is that I tried it, <laughs> and I. I I now I won't live the rest of my life going. I wonder what that would have been like. Now I know. I did it for a year. I know what it's like to wake up every day and make something new. And I know the good about it and I know the bad about it. Oh, dude, I love this. This is interesting. Yeah, hold on, hold on a second. Let me just set this up again. Let me set this up again. This idea that like this fantasy we've all had of wait I love the way you put it. Like what if I got to like wake up every morning, make something new? be creative, be interesting, be creative. Like I'd be doing this professionally and I got Mm -hmm. paid for it. You can wake up every morning, you make something new and you get paid for Mm -hmm. it in some capacity. You get to live this creative life, right? You get to feel the, uh, the energy of your ideas. Yeah. And, and Justin mentioned XOXO. I think we all know these kinds of people. Usually they tend to be the more creative designery side Mm -hmm. where you see, you know, people who are just like, farting out some cool new thing every other day it seems yeah, like yeah. and you're like that that guy made that thing yeah like yeah like mm-hmm. um like the guy you know you know uh peter levels levels.io yeah. i don't yeah. think so i don't know my god he's just coming up with something new every week for really? nomads like nomad yeah. list yeah really yeah. uh uh jeff sheldon with Ugmunk is another example yeah yeah um, okay who else who else comes to mind i think of jason zook you guys know tobias van schneider I don't know. Are, are you are you yeah. are you making fun of somebody? Is that <laughs> I feel a real like name? He comes up with all kinds of yeah. all kinds of cool he, stuff. He too. was he was the designer at Spotify. Um, I mean, there's there's actually lots of examples. And if I can be vulnerable here for a moment, mm. uh, I think the other interesting thing about this project that I've now been able to reflect on was part of my motivation was you know this kind of romance and other things. Another part was. I secretly really wanted to please those and impress those creative artistic artsy types that I was meeting at XOXO. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like when I went to that conference, I would never introduce myself as a product marketer <laughs> because yeah. I would have been kicked out. So I always felt like, ah, oh, to please these guys or to impress these guys, I need to do something that is not that. And I think that was part of Michael Buckby's kind of questioning was he was like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah. who are you trying to impress? Because you, you've got this great thing here. You've got an audience of software developers and other people in the kind of bootstrap uh, software world that really dig your stuff. Why are you trying to go and create something? You know, I thought my audience would be Etsy sellers and artists and musicians and you know, I, I just thought I was going to be that guy that could speak to all of them. And part of the motivation was this fantasy, but part of the motivation also was, I really want these people to like me over here, yeah. you know, this this select group. And, yeah. um, and as I've talked to other people, I've actually realized that this isn't something just inside of me. This is something uh, that a lot of people kind of uh, are influenced by um you know and for a long time i thought man i just want to make something that jason freed would would be impressed by you know totally and totally. um for a long time on, know, the, on ma- the show here there was a joke that was like i'm just working my ass off trying to impress my dad seth godin mm-hmm. remember, <laughs> remember that like when seth godin gives me a call and he's like listen i just like you i approve of you yeah. then i'll then maybe then i'll i'll figure out what i'll do with my life you're you're a great kid up until now everything's just about that (laughs) yeah and and you know i don't think it's actually a bad thing to go through that 
to actually wrestle with that a bit. Um, well, first of all, to just go in blindly um, and subconsciously feeling like, oh, I really want to impress this person with these things that I make. And yeah. then to go through that period of trying to make things and create things that um, maybe don't actually serve you that well and maybe don't serve your audience that well mm. and then come out the other side and go, oh, well, why was I doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really needed to go through it and, um, and I'm glad I did. But in retrospect, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was trying to impress those people. Yeah. And so you're the, so what you're saying is this this desire this almost like this almost like a, a, a subconscious desire to impress those people to be accepted by them to be at that table like I always think of comedians there's yeah. a comedy show there's a table in the back where the comedians are at yeah and the comedians yeah. always and talk they're about they're the ones you're making laugh they're all, the comedians are always yeah. talking about how some shows you're just trying to make that table laugh yeah and, and if you're young and you're new on it you just want to be a part of that we all resonate with that sense of like there's a cool kids table or the table we feel like we deserve to be at or we'd want to be at or something like yeah. that yeah right? And what's the other interesting thing was like me trying on those clothes and having some, again, because there's this fantasy like, oh, those, like in my case, those creatives at XOXO, they have the perfect life. And if I could be like them, uh, I'm going to be fulfilled in all these ways. Mm-hmm. But then you, then you try on those clothes and you realize, oh, wait a second. A lot of those guys aren't making any money. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and like they're really struggling to like just put food on the table. Yeah. Um, a or lot they of them, que- or they question themselves and their value. They wake up depressed just like yeah. the rest of us. Or like, they don't they don't have uh they don't have a family. The way that Justin has several kids, you got the family thing. Like yeah. I, I've always felt cuz Justin yeah. is talking about a conference called XOXO which which was something that became almost like a church to me and a handful of my friends, Justin included. And mm-hmm. it was my favorite conference ever. And they don't do it anymore. Um and it was it was just awesome. And and I resonate with Justin Justin, everything that you're saying, this this very strong pull, this allure, every time I would go there, it would be a little more of an existential crisis, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, what am I doing with my life? I am creative. I am artistic. I want to make interesting things. But then I look at the people uh, who are on stage telling their story, and I'm like, well, I'm not like a developer kid like that guy. I mean, that's amazing. What he, I'm not like a comic book author like that lady. I'm yeah. not like a, I'm not like whatever John Roderick is. I'm not that. I mean, actually, that's probably the closest thing I am to, to all of these people, and I'm still nowhere near someone like that. So to me, it was this it was this this sort of stirring up all the waters, all the silt at the bottom of my heart and and it kind of muddied the water and it really makes you resonate with this idea, this impulse, this drive you had to try like a bunch of different products and pro- or sorry, projects to wake mm-hmm. up every morning like the romance was to wake up every morning and make something and get paid for it this was this was the dream to live as that the, the fantasy as you put it and then you said i didn't just i let it i i actually did it i didn't just let I, it be a fantasy i went yeah. and did it and you learned what it's like to be throwing yourself every day into that arena of just you and your creative id 
basically your ego and id that are just sitting there fighting for like we want to be seen like this or i feel like doing that or do you know what I mean? like just mm-hmm. non-stop and then all then there's like then you can imagine like you've seen that kids movie inside out where there's all those characters one for anger one for sadness one for well you could think of like well i want to be liked by these people this is this is one person i want to i feel personally like doing this sort of thing there's that person then there's another one over here which is like but what of any of this is going to make us money. We have to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, yeah. do you know what I mean? That yeah. one's played by uh, by what's the guy who plays anger in that? Is black? Uh, uh, what's his name? I was going to say. Oh, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. Lewis right Black. Now. I'm oh. Lewis Black. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. when you do this, you point your fingers. You can't. Okay. He's the best. He is he's so great. So you did this thing. I want to know what did you learn from this? What did you learn from this? I'm so curious yeah, to so, hear. And and uh, did you finish? Did you make a hundred things? Yeah, yeah. So I did make a hundred things. And again, if you go to the list, you'll see there's a like a done label next to all of them. And some of these are super small. Uh there's there's a few themes in here. You can tell a little bit about what was going on inside of me. Uh, there's lots of like nostalgic uh, projects. Like I wanted to make a BBS uh, a bulletin board service. Those were the old, th- you would call them on like a 14.4 modem over the phone. It was pre-internet. And so some part of me was just like, you know, again, wrestling with some things inside of me. There's, there's a, a big personal overlap in here of, you know, me being 36 and going, Wow, I want to make this, or I, I I remember doing this, and so and some of them ended up being you know bigger like projects. Um, <laughs> what I started in January, and I'm going along that 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 that. I hit June, six months in, and I go, holy, <laughs> I haven't made any money. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this big, like, realize it, like, and I was like loving it. Like every day you I was were, just you like, were, you were loving it. You were really like, you were enjoying the making. Oh, and the yeah. Creating. I was just, and, and, you know, um, the, I think one of the challenges is that it was resonating with people. So, hmm. uh, you know, this idea of me telling the story and doing this crazy challenge and then, um, kind of live journaling, on the podcast, all of what was going on, um, you know, people really liked it. It was a, it was a show and I was getting all sorts of, you know, for me personally, someone who likes attention, it was like feeding that part of me. But then all of a sudden it was June and I was like, wait a second, I really need to bring in some money right now. Like none of these things that I tried, like Corbett's spon- Corbett sponsoring my burrito didn't pay the bills you know yeah and so in june i had this it it was interesting like when your back's up against the wall like what do you do and so i was like it was june i'm like okay i gotta do two things i'm gonna reach out to AppSumo, and i'm gonna see if they're interested in doing a deal on marketing for developers that was number one and number two is i'm gonna write a book called jolt um that's gonna be all about creative marketing ideas so i went right back to what had already worked i went right back to what my paying audience wanted and 
in I wrote Jolt in like I wanted it to be like in my head I was like I need to make this money now so I was like I'm going to write this book in June and get the revenue in June but I didn't end up publishing till July but those two things this is the other story you often don't get is how close and now that I've talked to a bunch of other independent business owners you get the real story how many times people were so close to just being completely bankrupt and you know when in june i think it's a good motivator right it is such a good motivator but it's hmm. a bad place to be yeah yeah um and it's the reality that a lot of people don't get you know i was still posting really happy you know status updates during this time i was not being completely honest with my audience that if that AppSumo deal hadn't gone through, uh, <laughs> I would have been out of money, basically. Mm. And I think I was, I didn't do everything wrong. One th- big asset that I had is that I did have a product, Marketing for Developers, that had made money and I had an audience. I had a mailing list of like, you know, 8,000 people at the time. And so, when I announced, hey, I'm writing a new book called Jolt, here's the pre-order form, I was able to bring in pre-orders right away. Mm. Uh, I think the if I had just done this, if I just had you know this midlife crisis and I'm like, that's it, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to make all this stuff, but I had no audience and no product assets, you know, it would have been devastating. And yeah. you know, since I've started this journey, I have met people that went that route and um it was really uh not a good thing in their life so i Mm. i was lucky i got saved by the fact that i did have this foundation of an audience and some product assets you got saved by the fact that you did previous work before like you weren't you had a focus you had a keel on the bottom of your boat that kept you on a particular course uh corbett is that what a keel does at the bottom of the boat what does the keel do? Just uh, keeps you from tipping well, there's, over? There's two things, yeah. There's one a rudder is, and a keel? Yeah, so the rudder keeps you, you know, headed in That's one direction. That's what I'm steering with. Yeah, the keel is weighted so that the boat can't tip over. Okay. You had a rudder oh, so in the water. This is why people say keel over. Yeah. He keeled keel over. Keel over. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no You're just learning. Listeners out there are just learning so much from this you show. You really got to know more semen. That's the, yeah. that's the whole that's the whole thing. You just, do. I'm right here waiting for you. Here he is. So you had a rudder in the water charting your course as all that time that you were focused on marketing for developers, that you mm-hmm. were building that audience, doing product people, podcasts and blog mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah. So you, you had done this work before. Now, uh, interestingly enough, those things were your indie uh, indie energy takers, right? Because on the other on the other side, you were working for companies. You were a consultant doing real. You had to show up and go do some help over there. Yeah. And the whole time, it seems like you had this fantasy about what if it was just me? What if it was? What if I was? What if I was independent? What if I could do whatever I wanted? Right. Yeah. What if I can? I can make yeah. whatever I wanted. And and those things were steps in that direction. Mm-hmm. But they weren't full born like like let like un- completely unhinged. Take off the safety levers. Let's just free fall and see what happens. Right? Yeah. Ironically, yeah. that's how I'm looking at those and saying like interesting because that's preaching to me. 
the sense that it's not those free. I, I, I also am attracted intensely to those free fall moments. So I want cause I think that something brilliant could come out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's something to be learned from having that, that on both those projects and all those projects, the things you, I love the way you talk about these assets, your audience asset, and then your previous product asset, right? Yeah. Those things I were mean, things the, the you mistake- were kind of go for it. Yeah, the mistake was, and Heaton Shaw, um, who's uh, a startup guy in San Francisco, he kind of later gave me this wisdom, which is, you know, most of the time, it makes more sense to double down on what's already working and iterate out of that, other than going off and trying to start something completely new. And so, in retrospect, I think... um, Michael Buckby was right, which was I had built up this audience and I had built up uh, some products all around this one thing, which was product and marketing advice for startups and indie developers. And I, you know, I, I decided to almost abandon all of that and go after this other completely different group. And we always think the grass is greener on the other side. Like I was like, that would be so interesting if, yeah. you know, um, like uh, Mike Herrera, who's the lead singer of MXPX, had me on his podcast during this time. And it was just like, it was almost like, I wish it hadn't happened because it was like, oh, wouldn't this be cool if if Mike was my audience? You know, like I, I if my audience was a bunch of like band guys and that'd be yeah. so amazing. But yeah. the... Heaton looked at my life and he said, okay, but, (laughs) and actually Jason Fried has got this great quote. He says, the only two bits of feedback that ever matter, the only people that can give you any true feedback are people that just signed up and paid for your product or people that just canceled. Mm. Really, there's, there's no other data that's going to help you make good decisions. And so I bet everything on this new untested audience of artists and you know of makers like and aging punk rock singers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hold on, hold on. There's something really instructive here. I think that that for at least some of our audience, they're like they 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 would resonate with because I know that I do this sense of of desire like how do you explain that desire you just you kind of like curtly pushed off the side with the grasses over always greener sort of thing but it seems like it was animating a lot of your behavior and your decision making this desire like what what we we mentioned it before we were talking about i want to be liked by this kind of people i want to fit in in this crowd i want to this that and the other is it an identity crisis is it a fear of self like like a a, did you not know that you already had some self-worth like what oh what do you think it was a lack of well here's the here's the thing chase is i've been reading some brene brown now so now i gotta bring i gotta bring up this but that's the secret right that's that's the the secret that is the secret to understanding yourself so I think what I came up against is what you know Stephen Pressfield and other people have called the resistance or what Seth Godin calls the dip or what Brene Brown calls act two of your three-act story. And that's where things get hard. You know, like I, I had made this thing called Marketing for Developers and all, all of a sudden it was like, if I was going to double down on that, it was going to get hard. Like I would really have to start investing. I'd really have to put down roots. I would really have to get vulnerable kind of with myself and, um, 
you know, face some things about myself. And in some ways, the the making a hundred things was an escape. It was mm. it was me saying, ah, like there's got to be something better than this, you know. Mm. There's got to be, you know, maybe better customers or better, you know, maybe something will, you know, pop bigger than this. And it was almost like I was just like I wanted to play the lottery as opposed to just show <laughs> up. It's exactly like that, isn't it? It was yeah. exactly that. That's yeah, so was, crazy. That's it was like, a bunch I'm of so tickets. glad you've got the self awareness to to even identify that. That's really, I feel like that's really quite brave of you. I'm really, really honored that you're you're sharing like this uh, here on our show. I love that this place feels safe for you to do it because I think our audience is going to love hearing you talk like this because you've done something um, that you know. Joseph Campbell talks about how a hero is someone that goes out into the darkness and brings something back right? Mm-hmm. Goes out into the place that most of us can't go and they bring something back for us. Some yeah. piece of, of wisdom. And I feel like you've, you've in some ways, for some of us, you probably are a little bit of a cathartic, uh, uh, you know, story where we live vicariously through you. And, and it helps us to realize like, wait, what am I escaping? What hard work am I afraid of doing? Cause you seem like you actually have gone through the story. Like you, you know, a story is when a main character goes through something that changes them. Mm-hmm. It and, sounds and, like you've changed. Yeah, and and Brene Brown says like Act Two is where the hero has tried every possible easy thing to accomplish their goal, and they still haven't made progress. And Act Two is where they have to lean in to their discomfort. They have to lean in to being fully owning their story. They have to lean in to the vulnerability of okay, what is. What are you actually going to do? And that moment came for me, June. It was like, I had to lean in because my back was up against the wall. It was like, okay, Justin, what are you going to do? And that was when I started having to make difficult decisions. Like, okay, I got I to gotta give this up. I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing this. I got to focus on this group. And um, at, it was June. So remember, up until that point, 2015, I'd made $66,000 independent money. From January to June, I made really nothing. Mm. And then June to December, I made, um, what was it? $150,000 in revenue. So it just, it turned everything around. It was like, okay, it's time. Now it's time to like, it's, (laughs) it's time. It is going to yeah. be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's not going to be fun. And, um, you know, I, I just really got down to work and really had to face some things. Was the spirit almost like, it's wonder. not going to be, it's not going to be fun, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because part of the dream did come alive, like that dream of living an independent life, and being beholden to no one but myself was invigorating for me. Mm-hmm. So that part came true. That idea that, um, you know, I, I wrote this piece during this time that uh, Chase and I have this other mutual friend called Jathan, and he hates this piece. So you guys should go read it. It's called, <laughs> it's, called, it's called We Own You. And it was basically my kind of being upset at the corporate world, like 
They own my thoughts. They own my dreams. They own my free time. They own my work time. They own, you know, I can't even like, if I want to go on vacation, I have to go and request it. You know, I have to beg them for time off. And it, it was kind of like this big anti, you know, corporate manifesto. But that part is actually important to me. This idea that I'm going to work really hard and be beholden to no one. That's the dream. That's the fantasy. That's the romance. Yeah. <laughs> but what yeah. I learned is on the flip side of that is just a whole lot of pain. A whole lot of, um, actually, I think pain is a good word for it. It was just, it's painful. It is uncomfortable. And uh, when I was writing my year in review for 2016, the big takeaway was discomfort is the, is the key. It's essential to creativity and growth. And I thought I could have my cake and eat it too. I thought I could just wake up and do things, only things that pleased me and only things that were easy and only things that were fun. And I was going to, you know, also have a great independent business. And the truth is you basically have to do a lot of things that are uncomfortable and not fun and really hard work in order to get that freedom of, you know, I don't have to ask my boss if I can, you know, go on vacation or if it's okay if I go get another coffee or whatever. That mm. that part is true, but what often doesn't get told is it's going to cost you <laughs> kind of everything. Like you're going to mm. have to give up all the easy parts of life. Temporarily. <laughs> Temporarily? You don't think you have to do it forever? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, keep going. What do you think? I mean, first of all, like what you just said, Justin was incredible. Like I was on the edge of my seat. It's so, like, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, I think uh, that discomfort is you pay that discomfort up front for a much more comfortable existence later where you finally have breathing room. You're earning enough revenue now where you can take time off and you don't have to ask anybody if you can do it. You just have to you know, prepare yourself and, and go take the time off. There are certainly things that you have to look after and you're very responsible for your yeah. future, but you can give yourself a lot of padding over time as you, as you build and mature your business. And the padding, when you, as you talk about that in my dumb brain, it looks like the padding looks like one of two ways. Either you have sustainable revenue with your business itself. Um, ours is a, is a recurring revenue like model itself as a membership, $35 a month kind of thing. So that's built into some models and not necessarily into others. Others are launch based and you get a couple sure. sales a year or something like that. But the padding there in my, again, to my dumb brain would look like something, a, some, some sort of investment savings sort of method where you are always having a padding there right you're never running so close to the to the sure. line that that you get into full-on starvation mode because yeah. no matter what either way nobody gets to stop the work our business goes away when we stop the work too right even though it's a recurring yes revenue but it's, thing but but it's only if we stop the work for months at a time yeah take, we could we could stop for a long time and we'd still be making some money but right. to come back from that would take more than a day you know, would, would take a lot of work to Absolutely. come back from that similarly in any. Yeah. So, so mm -hmm. you're saying, you're yeah. saying the work that, go, what do you say, Justin? Yeah, no, Corbett's, like always, Corbett's right. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, I, I think the, the truth is, is it is the hardest 
at the beginning and it is unbelievably hard. Like if looking back on it for me, like it starts in 2008 with me trying to start a blog. I got my first like bump in 2012 when I wrote that this is a web page and people started reaching out to me and Mm. I started product people, you know, there's a bump there. And then 2012 to 2016 before I ever went independent and it was so hard. Like Mm. it just thinking back on those moments and how much time I invested and, and the truth is it might often, it doesn't work either. Like you can invest all that time and it might not work. And I feel kind of blessed that it, it did work. I was, I put in all that time. It did work. And now, um, there's still challenge, but I think Corbett's right that a lot of that discomfort is at the beginning. Mm. And, um, the other thing though, is a lot of us haven't reached our, you know, our second or third acts yet. Like we're still kind of running our first thing and, you know, we haven't had to reinvent ourselves yet. Now, Mm. like Jason Freed might never have to reinvent himself. Basecamp might go forever, but is it plausible that Basecamp could be disrupted? Absolutely. Well, hold on a second. I would say that 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 Basecamp is. It, I mean, think about all of the acts that they've already went through. That's right? true. Yeah. I I, th- I see on the other, like for instance, you could say on the other side of a hundred projects, Justin finally realized he where he needed to be. Right. Similarly, yeah. you could maybe point to, you know, after they had built all these projects at, at 37 Signals and they were running these businesses that they doubled down on the one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that was after the first act of being an agency. Right? Uh, there was yeah. an agency. So there's, there's kind of three acts already built into that. There was, there was, but, but like just that sense of, of there is an after act two. There is, yes. there is the moment when the character knows what they're doing and why, when the character is focused on, uh, like, and, and it's not with a young manic energy, right? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Like one of the things, so Justin, when you're talking about how difficult it is, what I'm hearing, is, you're saying how difficult it is in the beginning, right? And how, mm-hmm. how much required, how much, how much you have to do the hard things and the difficult things. What I'm hearing is actually a way of interpreting the necessities as difficult because when you or I are addicted, because as I am to freedom ease uh like like i if things are difficult it can be like it can be an actual nightmare to me right Mm -hmm. so when when you're like that anything that looks hard looks like a nightmare well and hard a lot of times just means having to force yourself to do something that you're not just naturally interested in doing the natural interest you don't feel like doing it and that's the thing because when justin was for the first six months just flitting around doing one project to the next whatever felt good yeah he was working hard you were putting in a ton of hours but yeah that came a lot easier you guys this is why i made that damn journaling course yeah this is what journaling every day has gotten me it's the ability yeah. to turn the hard things into the into to figure out what are the actual important and necessary hard things and then to turn on my internal interest in those things to by reminding myself what why what is important about this yeah what does this get me what does it cost me to not do this it's connecting the dots to the broader goals to looking after yeah. yourself two years from now instead of yourself today and it's also 
Mm-hmm. This can't be lost on us, you guys. It's also realizing, hey, you're not waking up at 545 to get to a construction site on time so the foreman won't yell at you. Right. You are not working a lot like yeah. as difficult you're as complaining because you have to write an email but you're in your pajamas <laughs> at home <laughs> and i don't know what the email subject should be <laughs> right do you know what i mean this is this is the reframe that gratitude gives us and that's the first that's the there's the first of four uh, exercises i run people and you guys gratitude is it just it breaks open the back of your head and shows you just how stupid you're being Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it completely reframes the perspective on things and unfortunately we're out of time here justin oh come on we gotta pull this to close oh. we gotta pull this to a close we're just but, getting started but this is great we're gonna have justin on again I'd you guys to. listeners if you want to hear more from justin uh justin what's your twitter account i'm the letter m the letter i justin that's m i justin M I Justin. Let's send him a tweet and say, and, and mention at Fizzle and on find, there and find one of Justin's email lists. He writes great emails. I always I always enjoy receiving. Something yeah. From so Justin. the main place to send people Justin w- w- would be what? Uh, I'd really like people to check out this new series I'm running called Mega Profitable, which is kind of getting to exactly what we were just talking about. Which is once you've started something, how do you stop working so hard? And actually just focus on the things that matter that actually, that, so that you have some longevity so that you can do mm. this for 5, 10, 15 years. And you can yeah. get on that list at megamaker.co slash profit. Megamaker.co slash profit. Justin, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Uh, always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right. So that's episode, what are we on? This is 241 of The Fizzle Show. Our thanks to Justin. Say what's up to him on Twitter or Facebook. I don't know. Do people still use Facebook? I think they might. Um, So thanks, Justin. If you want show notes for this episode, all of those links to that article, Words, that Justin wrote, you can go to fizzleshow.co slash 241. fizzleshow.co slash 241. One. All right. I uh, appreciate you guys listening so much. Again, if it's your first time, check out fizzle.co slash toolkit and get your free toolkit there. I don't have a quote for you. I don't have a quote for you today. So I'll just say this. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. When you reach your act two, remember, it's the dip. It's the resistance. What you want is on the other side. And what you need to learn has to be learned where you are right now. Talk to you all later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.